everyone, and welcome to the Transform Your Confidence Show. This is a show about holistic leadership and advocacy, and I'm your host, Raj Gurn. Here's a bit about me. I'm a longtime serial entrepreneur who specializes in mindset, branding, media, communications, and marketing, and I firmly believe that great leadership and advocacy is predicated on the mission that everyone must benefit across the entire food chain. I'm an award-winning C-suite entrepreneur who has worked in the media and event space for the past 20 years with many Fortune 500, celebrity, and thought leader clients from around the world. At this point in my life, I seek to share my many insights and resources with anyone who wants to learn about holistic leadership and advocacy in a newly launched online community at the openchessconfidenceacademy.com where I've mandated my entire organization to provide products and services that center around knowledge, action and accountability. My goal with this show is to pull back the curtain, I mean way back, to bring you insider knowledge and resources on how today's change makers are leading with intention and creating meaningful environments that serve everyone. I also want to help you reimagine what your life could be if you had a constant view from the top of the mountain. I believe that in order to get there and stay there, you need to learn from those who have a constant and unobstructed view of Nirvana. These are not just the usual suspects, but the ones that sit in the middle of the volcano as the lava explodes through the top of the mountain. They are the crazy ones who change the world, and they are the ones that I want you to meet. Are you ready? Let's go. Folks, thanks for tuning in to another great two-part series of the Transform Your Confidence Show. I'm your host as usual, Raj Gurn, the founder of the OpenChessConfidenceAcademy.com. Before we begin, I want to take a moment to invite you to follow me on YouTube and on my socials at Raj Gurn, as well as at the Academy at the Open Chess Confidence Academy. I also would love for you to subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Search the Transform Your Confidence show. And for all of you avid readers, you can also go check this out on the blog at the openchessconfidenceacademy.com. So this week's theme, being that it's almost week one of the new month, is Mindset and Clarity, where I'm going to be deep diving, combating overwhelm at work, because honestly, enough is enough. Here it is, folks. If you're one of those people who are looking to garner real tips and insights to move past your current narrative that is preventing you from cultivating an optimal work-life balance mindset, then this two-part series is for you. Additionally, if you're looking to operate from your own trajectory to accomplish this by moving everything that doesn't serve you out of the way, as well as all of those lotions and potions and mantras that come at you from outside of your comfort zone that push and pull you in all kinds of directions that doesn't really serve your peace of mind, then I'm thrilled to bring you a breath of fresh air perspective with this week's conversation with the fabulous founder of Pure Minds, Nina Purewall. Before we say hello to Nina, let me set a bit of context for you. 
Pure Minds is a social enterprise focused on wellness, which was developed after a personal revelation that Nina had that led her to leaving the corporate rat race in search of an alternative way to lead her life. She is also the international best-selling co-author of Let That Shit Go, Find Peace of Mind and Happiness in Your Everyday. Please welcome to the show, Nina. And Nina, thanks for agreeing to be on the show, sweetheart. I cannot wait to deep dive this conversation with you. Thank you so much for having me, Raj. It's such an honor to be here. It really is. I'm so happy. Sweetheart, let's do this. I want to kind of start at the beginning, like the beginning of where I feel the beginning needs to start. And that is kind of after your decade in corporate where you decided to take a year out. I want to know what prompted that. Yeah, that's a great question. A part of it was prompted by the stress of the corporate grind. I was addicted to my Blackberry or Crackberry, they called it at the time. And part of it was an inner knowing that I am meant for something different. An opportunity came up for me to live in an ashram for a year and study ancient wisdom, continue my study of ancient wisdom and mindfulness and meditation in Northern California. And it it was like a calling. It was an inner knowing that I had to leave my growing career, sell the dream home I just bought, you know, put family planning on hold and off to California I went. Oh my gosh, I have to ask you, what did you learn (laughs) from that year about yourself? What did I not learn from that year? I mean, I completely unplugged after being so addicted to tech, I completely unplugged. So I had at the ashram, no access to internet, to TV, I told my friends if they wanted to get a hold of me, they had to write me letters. So I sent and received 150 letters, no email. And it's funny, it's happening to a lot of people in this pandemic where because we're a little isolated, because we're a little, you know, physically disconnected, stuff is coming up for people. Mm-hmm. And and that is exactly what happened that year. Because I was so disconnected, it was like me and the Redwood Forest. And a lot of stuff from my past came up, a lot of pain. Um, You know, I lost my dad and my brother when I was 16. And so I think I went to business school and I had a great career and I suppressed, suppressed, suppressed. And suddenly it all started bubbling up that year. So I learned a lot about what needed to heal in that year. Wow. And that's the big thing, right? The magic word heal. And, And, you know, it's become such a pop cultural idiom today but you know a lot of us don't really know how to navigate through that space and I know that we're gonna kind of journey our conversation through some of that but before we do that Nina I want to ask you this how has this changed your narrative your personal narrative on what's important to you today? I think it's changed in such that realizing what is important to me I need to I need to adhere to, I need to start listening to my gut, to my intuition and stop following a path that I felt was meant for me, a path that is right for society or right for according to certain standards. I need to really go inwards and do what's right for me and my head and heart need to always be aligned because that's what was not happening, you know, pre this big shift. 
Absolutely. So let me ask you, just so we can give some sort of, you know, context for people who don't quite understand that piece or perhaps haven't kind of come to that part in their journey. I want to take you on a bit of an exercise, Nina, something that I take my clients on um, just to kind of garner some clarity on their reality and to check in with themselves to, to make sure that they really are where they want to be. So the first part of this for me is, if you were to list the top three reasons that kept you in corporate, what would they be? That kept me in corporate, I would say that I went to business school and it was just the path that I was on. I got, went into sales and marketing within the consumer packaged goods industry. Obviously, the, the money is good. Um, <laughs> so you can't deny that. Uh, and I actually did enjoy it. I actually, you know, now that I'm doing what I love, I can I can see the the gap and the delta, but you know at the time I I enjoyed it. I loved marketing. I got to go to to Thailand and to Africa and do commercial shoots, and I loved what I did. But now um, I'm in love with what I do. Mm. Wow, I love that. Folks, if you're just joining me, I am speaking to the fabulous Nina Purwal. She has this awesome book that she co-authored that's called Let That Shit Go. And I cannot wait to deep dive that. But before we do, I want to talk a little bit about her founded company, Pure Minds, which kind of came as part of her journey of unfolding to kind of the person that she needed to become, which just kind of seemed to happen serendipitously is the feeling I'm getting, which is usually how great moments happen. But you know, we don't always listen to those moments that are kind of pushing us into a direction that is going to serve us on a higher level. And but you did. And so I, I guess I want to ask you this part of, um, you know, the exercise, and that is, what are the top three reasons that prompted you to leave corporate? You know, when I was studying in California, one of the monks said to me, as long as you're walking a path that's not meant for you, you're going to feel like you're walking with a little rock in your shoe. And, you know, that kind of, he hit the nail on the head there. Um, so, you know, that was one big reason, just following my heart. Uh, the other one was, I really have always wanted to spread ancient wisdom because it helped me so much in my grief and my losses. It helped me wrap my head around, you know, what had happened and, you know, what I do today. And the third thing is I had another massive reality check and 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 somewhat of a tragedy i lost my mom and i got pregnant and lost my mom in the same year oh you know gosh. months apart mm -hmm. um she was you know diagnosed with, with uh lou gehrig's or als and that was another sign for mm -hmm. me mm -hmm. you know you can go in any day you can and any instant you know life can change and boom so are you really doing what you love? Are you really living life to the fullest? Are you following your heart? And that reality check is really what catapulted me to, you know what, enough's enough. I, I really need to, to follow this path and listen and go inwards to do that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, this just begs so many questions. And I, I guess where I want to go, you know, with this part is if there's something that you could have learned quicker than you did, what would it be? And how do you think it could have changed things for the better for you? I would have trusted my intuition. I mean, I knew when I came back from the ashram, this is what I wanted to do. It was 2011. The corporate world wasn't ready to talk about spirituality or mindfulness or meditation. Um, but I wish I per kind of persevered. I mean, I have no regrets because my experience in corporate also enables me to do 
what I do now well. Mm -hmm. But I wish I trusted myself more. I wish I had more confidence, you know, speaking of, you know, transform your confidence. I wish I listened to that, that inner voice and stepped up sooner than I did. Mm -hmm. But here you are, right? Serendipity is what it is, right? Um, and somehow we, the, uh, what I found in my experience, Nina, is that somehow, somewhere the universe pushes and shoves and prods me until I get to where I need to get to, because it really does conspire to your benefit. It's just whether you're listening to the voice, right? And, and, and I think that rather, you know, you get there late than not get there at all. And maybe that late really was on time, right? There's so many yeah. different ways of, of, of looking at this. So when you realize that there was no going back to kind of the corporate grind, you know, that point when you knew that, right? How did you come up with the idea for your organization, Pure Minds? Can you just share that a little bit? Because I mean, it's a huge shift. Yes. And ironically, you're talking about how the universe, you know, pushes you and supports you. And, and the business kind of fell in my lap in that, you know, I was doing, I was on maternity leave and a, a girlfriend who is now my co-author, Kate, you know, she said, Hey, would you, are you, would you be willing to do some workshops downtown on mindfulness and meditation? I said, sure. And, you know, I did them for fun. And I said, and I remember after the first workshop, I told my partner, I said, you know, if I die tomorrow, I'm happy. This is what I want to do. Uh, anyway, uh, someone from corporate had attended one of the workshops, they ended up going viral. And, you know, we were selling out and, and someone said, Hey, can you come into my company and do this? And at that time, I had no company name, no website, nothing. And I said, I have, a, I have a client, but I don't have a business. <laughs> uh, and so, that's a good problem. Know, it's a good problem. And so from there, I literally spent the next two weeks, you know, registering a business name, developing my website on Squarespace, and you know, the rest is history. That was in 2017. Oh my God, 2017! What a year! You know, it's funny because 2017 was also the year that. I started taking clients um, for, per, you know, personal branding and what have you. So you it seems like a very interesting year. I'm sure in astrology, there's something about that year because a number of people, a number of guests that I've spoken to, a number of people that I've spoken to, that year just happened to shift their perspective on the quality of their life and the quality of kind of their participation and how they fit into the world. So wow. I'd love to look into that. I think that that's something that I'm definitely going to do. But I want to ask you this about Pure Minds. What's the objective of the organization today? The objective of Pure Minds really is to help people find more peace and happiness, more calm in the chaos, and in the everyday. You know, it's not like you have to go live in an ashram for a year. Uh, the book and all of my workshops are very tip based. They're very practical. You know, what do I do in the here and now when I'm feeling it, when I'm feeling the anxiety come up? And so it's really to help people, you know, find themselves again. That's that's I'd say the you know, the overarching objective. Mm -hmm. And we could all do with some of that after the kind of, you know, year and a half or so that yeah. we've had, you know. Yeah. Um, so who does the organization serve predominantly speaking? Predominantly at the moment, it's it's corporations. And, you know, I, I've spent so much of my time in corporations. So right now it is, you know, workshops for the corporate sector. 
Um, I used to do a lot for the public sector, but now with the pandemic, you know, there's not as much opportunity. Um, mm -hmm. Everyone online has gone corporate, so it's just been a, an easy transition. So that's who we're talking to primarily. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about that. Let's kind of deep dive that um, for everyone out there that may be curious. You have various workshops, talks and seminars that you offer to the corporates. Mm -hmm. A few questions around that for everyone. First question is, are corporates your chosen clientele? Because I'm kind of curious about this. I always, I'm, I'm that kind of gray, um, that gray area um, person. I always kind of mm -hmm. try to look, um, you know, between the lines. Are corporates your chosen clientele because serving them somehow helps serve that version of you that you were once upon a time? Like, you know, it's just, you know, not getting that support yourself that you needed to flourish. Yeah in the corporate work environment, because we're not saying that, you know, you need to leave corporate. We're saying that no. when you're in corporate, how do you evolve and excel and, you know, be able to expand who you are, but still be in this kind of box that you need to work in? So I yeah. guess that's kind of my overarching question there. Yeah, absolutely. It wasn't intentional, but it just felt like such a natural fit because I had gone through the fast paced environment, the reporting into the US, you know, the intense business decisions and marketing plans. And it just made sense to go back into a place where I know how stress and anxiety and worry thrives and help give, you know, practical solutions on how to kind of handle these situations. So it happened very organically. I will say, what I loved about the public workshops, and I'm trying to achieve this in corporate, I've started, uh, you know, next month, I start doing one on ones with people mm -hmm. in within their company. So think of like a, you know, a guidance counselor at work. Um, and what I loved about that was the ability to connect one on one, you know, in corporations, I'm speaking to 50 to 300 people, you know, it's very hard. Sometimes you got your walls up because you're at work. Um, so I really do uh, crave that also that one on one connection and impact. Mm hmm. So what would you say to people in the corporate arena about why your programs are going to help them? It's been a stressful year. Um, I've worked with over, you know, 40 organizations, and I mainly deal with, you know, the, the leadership executive level. And just hearing the feedback from the last year, and, and even talking to employees, there's you know, blurred lines between work and home. People are trying to virtual school or homeschool their kids while working. I just read an article recently that in the UK, the US and um, Canada, people have, are working more than two and a half hours a day since the pandemic. And I think it's because work is almost too accessible. There's no shutting down, physically mm -hmm. leaving the office, you know, it's right there on their desk or in their bedroom and let me just check in and we're isolated. You know, especially in Canada, we, we, we've had so many lockdowns, so there's nowhere to go. So you default to work. So as a result of that, people's stress and, and as I said, anxiety has gone through the roof. Um, you know, I do surveys with my workshops and see uh, what people have, have, have gone through mentally in the last mm -hmm. year. So again, it's just it's just getting a breath of fresh air, you know, feeling like, you know, you're a little more in control of your ruminating mind. Um, and just help you, you know, take a deep breath once in a while and, and gather yourself. And, and mindfulness does impact, you know, your focus, your efficiency, your concentration. This has all been scientifically proven. Right. Um, yeah. Absolutely. So if there are any employers watching, listening or reading this, what would you say to them about the importance of employee wellness? Because a lot of them still think it's woo-woo. I'm seeing the shift. Yes. 
when I started my company and even when I was back from the ashram in 2011, definitely woo woo. Um, But I've seen a big shift this year, like executives, CEOs, general managers want to bring wellness in. And, And the way I see it is, you know, when I was in corporate, everything was about CSR, corporate social responsibility. Mm-hmm. What are you doing for the environment? What are you doing for the less fortunate? Um, and I was really passionate about that. But now employees are asking, what are you doing for me? Because right. I'm at this breaking point. Um, people are losing, you know, people to a lot of Unfortunately, moms and women are leaving uh, or taking leaves. I had a big bank tell me they've never seen so many short-term and long-term leaves due to mental health as mm-hmm. they had this last year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so wellness is is such a big topic right now, and you know, companies and leaders are willing to spend to to retain people and to let them know that hey, we care about you. We mm-hmm. we get what's going on, and when we see beyond the P and L, um, you know, we care about you. Right, absolutely. You know, Nina, it's kind of prompt something that I want to ask you. I'm a firm believer that the best coaches and mentors are those who have had firsthand experience with a challenge and figured out a solution. With that said, can you share some details about the programming that you offer with your organization around this belief system? Yeah, so what I offer is in a sense, an overview of my book, which is, you know, let that shit go. And the reason why that title just speaks to me and, and is so important is when I was studying in, in the ashram, uh, ancient wisdom says that our true nature is happiness mm-hmm. and joy and love and bliss. And even if you think of ourselves as infants or toddlers, we were inherently happy. So what happened along the way? Along the way, we've built up, you know, in tweenhood or teenhood, or we've built up all this shit. And so I always tell people, it's not on this, you're not on this journey to find peace. You already have it. It's already Mm -hmm. there. You were born with that. You need to let go of everything that's obstructing you from experiencing that. So in the workshop, you know, we have in an hour or two hours, three hours, we have different modules, which are kind of like the different chapters in the book. And each module kind of addresses an obstacle, you know, the negative self-talk, not being able to accept what we can't control, you know or starting to accept what we can't control, you know, uh, forgiveness, perspective, and, you know, we kind of do a bit of a deep dive on each one in the workshop. And there's some individual exercises to keep it interactive, there's Q&A. And I really think the individual exercises, because this is a subtle topic, it really helps people internalize the content. So that's what they're getting. Okay, got it. So I want to, you know, dive into the book um, a little further. But before I do, I want people to have the opportunity to know how to get a hold of you and your organization when it comes to these workshops with your company. How can they get a hold of you and learn more about the services? Thank you for offering that. Um, Check out my website, ninapurewell.com. There's a corporate section on my website. And there's a click through to my email or you can write me from my website and I will surely get back to you. So ninapurewell.com. Perfect. There you have it, guys. So um, actually, you know, I want to ask you one more thing before we kind of close off from the kind of corporate scenario. Pretty much everyone who has worked in corporate has experienced burnout on some level at some point in their career and amplified tenfold, obviously, um, over the course of the last year and a half for many other reasons. But 
not until the circumstances of these past couple of years have we seen such an exodus of sorts. You kind of yes. touched upon that. So I want to kind of ask you, people have been in, you know, in kind of search of an alternative to the regular nine to five, right? And it's because they've experienced the work from home advantages. So a shift in corporate infrastructure is being demanded now just to kind of cater for this. So it's a big undertaking because, you know, the nine to five grind, the Monday to Friday, you know, was created about 150 years ago when the Industrial Revolution created kind of the work infrastructure, right? So now, un, you know, maybe, you know, reimagining that is, is a larger, you know, journey. But what do you feel needs to change today? right? Um, maybe in smaller components to make for a more supportive environment for employees that, you know, want to operate at their best. I love that you're asking this question. And my short answer is trust in your employees. Don't have regulations around, you know, you have to be in the office. I'm seeing this. I'm seeing this companies who are saying you have to come back to the office full time, five days a week. People are leaving there because there are other opportunities where there's an option you've seen some big companies like you know google and spotify go to work from home indefinitely um there's no more there's not as much competition uh because uh you know people can get jobs anywhere in their country they can get jobs anywhere globally now with this new world yes so you have to trust your you hired them for a reason no more micromanaging i mean as long and that was always my you know my thing as a leader too i don't care if you have this appointment you want to work from home from one day you can't come in for, as long as you're getting your work done and you're doing it well that's all that should matter let people there's so much going on personally let people handle what they need to in the way that they need to and, and trust that the rest is getting done. Don't don't try to set these big rules. And, and that's where people start kind of shying away. I think we need to enable people and, you know, give them the autonomy to, to run their career in the way that they want to. Um, and I think that little leeway will will make such a big difference in this new world. You know, I can um, say from firsthand experience, based on what you just said there, that's that's exactly what happened to me. I remember when I first started Anoki um, back in the, you know, Anoki magazine days in the early 2000s to kind of mid 2000s, we were a quarterly um, print glossy magazine. And and I had this kind of, you know, and it was it came kind of from my formative years of just always being pushed and prodded and told what to do and who to be that when I started Anoki to kind of combat who is this new identity of South Asian in North America that is very kind of, you know, well acknowledged and healed within our own internal culture, but is also now starting to kind of manifest their uniqueness and their unique value proposition and their unique identity with kind of being a part of the greater, you know, society in North America. Yeah. You know, that intersection at where we sat that there was this kind of period of confusion that was the case in the 90s i don't know if you remember that at all nina or if it was before your time but you know there were there would be kind of these movies that would come out and this whole kind of narrative around the confusion of sitting at the precipice or maybe at the intersection of these two cultures so that's kind of yeah. you know why I started Anoki I wanted to be able to expand that dialogue and not control it and put it in a box I wanted people to tell 
other people, and that's the that was the reason for the platform, you know, who they are in their many facets of what that identity identity actually is. Yeah. And I remember um, that a few years in where I was kind of, you know, really micromanaging what needed to happen and what needed to go into the publication, I realized that I wasn't actually respecting and allowing the people that I brought on to do their tasks who were far better than me far better than I ever could be, right? I, so what I was doing inherently, and if this is, this is, you know, if there are any kind of C-suite or any leadership type people listening to this right now, I really hope you take heed of this. When you micromanage, you are putting people into your box through your vision, yet you are bringing them in to be far greater than you so therefore, the expansivity of what could happen with your company is being put into the lens of your limited um, you know, understanding of it. When I shifted that and I realized, um, going back probably 2009, and I said, guys, I want you guys to tell me what needs to happen here. What do you feel your role needs to be? How do you feel that what you know can add to the mission of this company and this brand. Can I tell you something, Nina? Everything yeah, changed. The energy. Do you know what it is? And yes. I think that's the thing. Yeah. I, I think you'll, you'll, yeah, you. I know that you're going to um, resonate with this. The energy around the brand, the energy around the cultural infrastructure, completely exploded and expanded, and everybody started to emanate from a place of feeling valued and appreciated, and they killed it they bought their a game we went from this little magazine to this multifaceted media company that became anoki media events would happen and all this you know coffee table books and just all this brilliant brilliant stuff started happening i get to say that you know i'm the founder of of, of that brand but i don't get to say that it was built because you know because of me it was built because of all the people that i bought in and then finally trusted to come into their greatness. So I really hope that any brands out there, any corporations out there, any people in a leadership position, Nina, I know that you can speak to this. If you would just trust why you bought them in in the first place and let them do the magic around the parameters of the company's vision and mission, they will be able to take it far beyond what you could ever imagine. I would love your thoughts on that, Nina. I know it was kind of a long explanation, but I kind of feel that it was just coming to me. I needed to share that because a lot of people, when they look at people like me, right, they think, oh, my God, you know, she always is um, everything right. But no, I didn't do everything right. It's 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 my limited lack of confidence in myself that put everyone into my box rather than allowing them to expand in their own. What are your I thoughts? Yeah, you know the fact that you can recognize that about yourself, admit that, and then make the shift is just indicative of what an incredible leader you are. I mean, what what mu it must have been to be on your team in two thousand nine when that shift happened, and that's the thing we we come from a place of fear and and we want to control what's happening, and this is why we start to micromanage. But people want to be empowered. People mm -hmm. want autonomy. People want to know that you believe in them. 
And that's why you hired them in the first place. And I love how you touched on, you know, having people on your team, you know, last time, last role I had in corporate was a GM for a, a global uh, environmental company, uh, GM for Canada. And I would always try to hire people smarter than me. You know, that it, so if you're doing that, then let them expand, let them teach you. Um, and you're absolutely right. That is when the company, the brand um, is going to reach its full capacity and beyond beyond what you can kind of even imagine that you were controlling in that micromanaging box. Um, so I, I absolutely love this. And I think it's such an important point, especially, you know, in this time when everybody is extra sensitive um, and it's been an intense year, it's just trust your employees. You hired them for a reason. You got to let them go and do their thing. Absolutely. Let that shit go, folks. <laughs> Thank you so much for staying till the end. I really hope you enjoyed the show. Before you leave, I would love for your support by subscribing to my show and letting everyone you know know about it and have them come take a listen. I would sincerely appreciate you joining me at LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. Search Raj Gurn and the Open Chess Confidence Academy. Until next week, I hope you continue to cultivate your own ecosystem so that everyone in and around it is empowered by your mission to elevate them all. See you next week.